Welcome to I Thought I'd Be Rich By Now, the podcast for us to obsess over our favorites, our favorite movies, shows, books, and podcasts. I'm your host, Deborah. If you enjoy this little independent podcast, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. I've been working on this episode for a while now, so some of this is going to be a tad dated. I apologize, but I think it's still good. I think it's still worth your listen. I had vacation time and you know how it goes, work, life, etc. gets in the way, but I absolutely love working on this podcast for myself and for you, my five listeners. In pop culture news, Delisted, one of my favorite celebrity blogs of all time, has come to an end after 18 years. I cannot believe how long it has been around. I used to read Delisted like every single day during my college years, my in my early 20s, and I still go on it from time to time. Michael Kay, who's the creator of the celebrity blog, he's so smart and so funny and has that very millennial, early 2010s, bitchy, mean vibe, but like in a sweet way. I did get a little emotional reading his last blog post as he says goodbye. There are corners of the internet that you kind of take for granted will always be there. They're kind of like a time capsule of your youth or a certain part of your life, and reading his blog has literally made me laugh out loud over the years, and his observations just make me so happy. But I also appreciate that nothing lasts forever, and I just love Michael Kay and all of the celebrity blogs that raised me. Also, he is the only reason that I know of so many UK D-list celebrities and the like. I love the podcast Who Weekly, which I've talked about on this podcast before. And on Who Weekly, they only talk about B-list and lower celebrities. And I feel that Michael K deserves some credit. I feel like he laid the groundwork for those types of podcasters and pop culture critics. So cheers to you, Delisted Blog, and all of the writers on Delisted, and of course, especially Michael K, and all of the millennials feeling old AF at this very moment. Without Delisted, we wouldn't have Phoebe Price, all the hot sluts of the day, hot sluts of the year, birthday sluts, and Rojo Caliente. We love you, Michael K. As you may know from just watching TV or being on the internet anywhere, Barbie fever is taking over. Margot Robbie, one of my fave actresses and one of the few current actors who is either already or about to become a legitimate movie star. And I've talked about this before, how I just feel like there are so few movie stars that are, you know, in their 20s and 30s. I feel like the older crop of movie stars are kind of like the last of that generation. But Margot Robbie would be one of the few that I would say is already there or almost there. Obviously, her role as Harley Quinn ensured that she is, of course, A-list for life. Margot has steadily been working and trying to cement her Hollywood footprint. And I think Barbie is about to do that. When it was announced that Margot Robbie had signed on for the Barbie movie, I think there was like a collective, like, of course, you know, she's obviously perfect for that role. Aesthetically, Margot Robbie is a gorgeous blonde, but way beyond that, she's a great actress and is so much more than a one-dimensional artist. I am so, so excited to see this movie. I will also be seeing Oppenheimer starring Killian Murphy, of course, directed by Christopher Nolan, 
And of course, I will also be seeing Mission Impossible 7. This is going to be a blockbuster movie summer, and I am so here for it. Get out of the house and get back into theaters. They need us, and I swear to God, we need them. Yes, you can sit on your couch and wear your sweatpants and watch a movie on streaming, but oh my God, there is nothing like going to the movies and ordering your large popcorn with your layered butter and your large Coke absolute bliss there was an article that came out in the new york times a few weeks ago written by amy chosik it was a profile on um elizabeth holmes as many of you know she was tried and convicted of fraud on a massive scale in regards to her company theranos theranos was a healthcare tech company basically their invention was revolutionary you'd be able to do blood tests with just a drop of blood whereas before the majority of blood tests were you know with like bigger vials of blood you need so much more to do large testing and her whole thing was like it was basically like one of those diabetic um machines or whatever you would call them that you would just prick your finger and be able to test your blood that way and that's what they were doing for all manner of like diseases or um, testing so that was what they purported to do it turns out it was a complete fraud and in this article uh, Amy Chozik I hope I'm pronouncing her last name correctly Amy Chozik uh, wrote this article and the title was Liz Holmes wants you to forget about Elizabeth and it was about Elizabeth Holmes founder of Theranos um, she's convicted on or she's convicted on fraud and conspiracy and she's been sentenced to 11 years in prison and this article was prior to Elizabeth surrendering herself um, to start her time and she has since done that but at the time she was still out and when this article came out, the first thing that I saw was the backlash. Like so many people online going after Amy Chozik, saying that this was just a puff piece, uh, kind of inferring that Elizabeth Holmes got treated with kid gloves here and they were much softer on her than they might be with someone else convicted of other crimes. And part of the inference is also, you know, is it because she's a young woman? Is it because she's a young white woman that she's getting treated in a way that someone else um, would not get treated? So I read the article and after I read the article, I was like, did any of the people making these criticisms read the article that seems to be my question so like so much of the time when you see a controversy happen you're like wow oh this article must be really crazy or they must have all these outlandish claims or this person must have said something really offensive and you go read the article and you're like i i don't even know what anyone is talking about the article was so well done the author interviewed elizabeth and also clearly was writing her own feelings and her own experience meeting with her and Elizabeth's husband and Elizabeth has two little children now that she's had in between I think when her charges first came and and so she's had children and there have been a lot of questions that people have said things you know did she have kids during this time to try to stay out of jail if she did it didn't work because she's in prison right now but those have been a lot of cynical questions and you can understand where those come from. But anyways, I thought the article was so well done because the author 
the when you read it and you don't even have to read between the lines she's showing you that it's you feel so conflicted because you're sitting in front of this woman that a lot of us can relate to in terms of either being similar to her or having friends similar to her just seems like a nice mom you know late 30s I don't think she's quite 40 yet um but she's you know late 30s uh two small children newly married she just looks like you know a typical nice mom wife late 30s woman oh but lo and behold this person was convicted on a massive scale of fraud and conspiracy and she's defrauded quite literally some of the most powerful and some of the most wealthy people in America. That is a huge story. And the author, I thought, did a fantastic job of showing like you could be sitting in this woman's presence and it's so hard to bring those two thoughts together that this is a person who looks like she could be your friend, could be your coworker, could be your neighbor, and also she was convicted in a court of law of one of the largest financial crimes in U.S. history. And she doesn't look like what you might think. Uh, You hardly see women in that type of position. So number one, she's not a man. And she's not even like a Bernie Madoff character who was much older. She's convicted of doing these things in her like mid to late 20s. She was so young when she committed crimes like that, which you, when you see crimes like those actually being caught and actually prosecuted and found guilty, they're typically in men and in older men. I don't know why you can't read an article like that and see what the author is trying to show you. Like, wow, this is, this is something we don't see every day. This is so interesting because you could be feeling so comfortable around this person feeling this could be your friend and realizing she's just as much a convicted uh, convicted killer, not convicted killer, but she's just as much as a convicted criminal as any other person in that situation. She's in the realm of those Bernie Madoff type of people, someone who has defrauded people out of millions and millions of dollars and lied to her clients and lied to government bodies. Um, and she had her product or she was trying to send it to the battlefield in war. I mean, it's crazy. It's a wild story. And you get that from reading the article, but it's almost like nowadays a lot more people want an author to be like, this guy, good guy, this guy, bad guy, Elizabeth Holmes, very bad girl, very, very bad girl. It's like, how old are people? Can they not suss that out for themselves and realize that? And that's one of the most interesting and fun parts of reading an article, like coming to those conclusions, seeing those facts laid out and like, wow, this person just seems like a regular woman and is maybe very much trying to portray herself in this very normal, I am just like all of you type way when really in reality, she has a much more interesting, incredible story of supposedly really bad things that she's been not supposedly she's been convicted of doing them but I just think people really want to be told not people but some very loud people online very much want to be told at all times this is the good guy this is the bad guy and 
You cannot figure that out for yourself. You are too stupid to figure that out for yourself. So the writer must always, always lead us by their hand to the conclusion that we should come to instead of us figuring it out for ourselves. And it was just so, it was even more stupid what people were saying. When you read the article, the author clearly states in the article, so Amy Chozik shows that she's talking to her to her editor about Elizabeth Holmes. And I, I forget exactly what it was, but just expressing how comfortable she was or how nice this person was. And her editor was like, laughing at her Amy you just got played you just got hoodwinked you just got sucked in by this woman's charm just like U.S. generals did just like you know million billionaire tech entrepreneurs got sucked in just like so many CEOs and heads of massive companies got sucked in by her and so did you and the author does such a fantastic job of just showing this person is really like you can believe Elizabeth Holmes is just a nice caring mom and was a young woman who got sucked into the situation and got in over her head you'd be like this is a master manipulator and this is um a master fraudster and she's in the realm of the greatest of all time in terms of fraudsters in the u.s and you come to your own conclusion i think an article like that is way more interesting to read than someone that is like here are the good guys, here are the bad guys, and do not think about it whatsoever. That's so boring. Anyways, I just thought the whole controversy was stupid. The article was excellent, and you should read it and come to your audit. Also, one of the reasons that I am so interested in Elizabeth Holmes is because I didn't know much about her. I just knew a little bit about the company before it before she was charged with fraud so I always saw her just this young woman on magazines as like being one of those tech people and um and that's all I knew and then when the when the company fell um I just again heard about that like you know just saw some headlines or whatever but I had seen on Twitter someone post about this book by an author called John Carew and they said it read like a thriller. I love thrillers. So I was like, okay, I'm going to have to read this. And I read it. It was an excellent book. And it just made me super interested in her and those type of stories. Those like kind of fraudster type stories. So in that same vein, um, I want to recommend another podcast. So first of all, there's a CBC podcast called Front Burner, which is really good. It just focuses on one story per day. It's a daily podcast, and it's just really good to listen to. A lot of times it'll be a top news story that's happening or just something interesting. But a while ago, they promoted another CBC podcast called The Naked Emperor, and it's about Sam Bankman-Fried, who, if you don't know, is this huge like crypto tech bro guy and he ran this huge crypto exchange called FTX and FTX and Sam Bankman Freed like fell within a matter of days like the company imploded um he like was one again he was kind of Elizabeth Holmes type of character where he's this young guy he's lauded all over the news media and with investors and like being this he's so smart he's this guru he's blah 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 and literally within a few days like of an article coming out 
um, raising some questions about his company. His company fell and then federal charges started coming through. So it's a crazy story and um, Front Burner podcast had all the episodes from this podcast the naked emperor but you can just look up the naked emperor yourself and it's all about sam bankman fried and it's so it's very timely because this all just happened a few months ago and you don't have to know anything about crypto i know like very very little about it uh, so you, you don't need to know anything it's just a very well done excellent podcast and super interesting so that's the naked emperor and the and front burner let's get into selling sunset I love Selling Sunset. I've said it many times. I covered Selling Sunset back in episode five of this podcast that you can listen to. And yeah, Selling Sunset is just one of my favorite shows. I won't go into it. I think I spoke about it in the last episode, but I just have kind of known Chriselle from back in the day when I loved and was obsessed with soap operas. So I was just interested in watching the show when I first saw it come out on Netflix and I just always root for Chriselle. In case you don't know, Selling Sunset is a reality show on Netflix which follows the Oppenheim Group uh, which is a real estate agent agency which sells high-end properties. The Oppenheim Group is run by twins Jason and Brett Oppenheim and their office is like exclusively staffed with gorgeous women which Jason has dated like half of them anyways that's another part of the story but this season we had some new cast members come in so Brie Tiasi I think I'm saying her name wrong I apologize but Brie Tiasi and Nicole Young Nicole worked at the firm at the Oppenheim group I think they kind of made it sound like she was one of the first agents but she's been there for a long time we haven't seen her and a lot of people don't realize when watching the show that the Oppenheim group is a lot bigger than the agents that we see on the show which make which comprise the cast of Selling Sunset but the Oppenheim group has a lot more people working for them so they basically have taken Nicole from just being an actual worker and have put her on the cast. Brie is a real estate agent who got her agent's license a few years back, but is really getting serious about it now. And and they've hired her on at the Oppenheim Group. Also, people may know Brie because she has a child with Nick Cannon. As you may know, Nick Cannon has become infamous over the past few years for being a prolific baby making machine so that's one thing and there was a lot of drama this year of course that's what being on a reality show is about I felt that last season with Christine on Selling Sunset that was it was still good, like I would go back and rewatch it, but it was a little bit of a struggle. I just felt that mostly everyone, Christine was no longer having friendships or relationships with most of these people. The majority of the drama that happened between all of them happened in the previous seasons, and it was just kind of over at that point, and they were, it was a lot of kind of like, let's try to manufacture some sort of drama here. Anyways. So it was a little weird at first when you realized, oh my gosh, Christine Quinn, who was the main 
you know, bad girl on the show, main person that so many different people had conflicts with, she's no longer on the show. She's out being, you know, living her fashionista lifestyle. She was walking red carpets, (laughs) red carpets. I mean, walking the runway at some fashion shows and also sitting in the front row of a lot of really big name fashion designers and she's kind of gotten into that world a lot more good for her I mean she is like tall and statuesque like and you can totally see her in the pages of magazines in high fashion magazines when she's done it right so good for her she's living that life this year this season of the show felt a little bit more authentic when it came to the issues that people were having with each other. But that I feel so funny saying that because because one of the main issues on the show this season between two of the women felt so manufactured. So it was between Nicole and Chriselle. And it didn't feel like they were manufacturing it together. It felt like Nicole was just bringing up some stupid thing from the past and making a storyline out of it. It was good for drama because Chriselle, I think, was legitimately like, what is wrong with you? Why are you bringing this up? She was clearly upset about it. But I I just kept thinking, what are you doing, Nicole? This is so stupid. So the drama was that Nicole said three years ago, so when Chriselle would have started at the Oppenheim group, Jason apparently made Nicole share a sale of a house with Chriselle. She said Chriselle's or Jason said Chriselle's new. You're one of our, you know, more senior real estate agents. Please help this newbie out, show her the ropes, and then split the commission on this house. That was what was said. Nicole went on and on about this and said it was unfair and bringing it up to Chriselle. And Chriselle's like or, or it, she was bringing it up to other people. Then it got back to Chriselle, of course, as it was planned for. And and she was like, you know, this was really unfair. Jason had a crush on her and he made me do this. Chriselle took a lot of issue with that because she was like, hold on. I was married at the time, so she was with her ex-husband. And she's like, don't kind of insinuate that something was happening here with me and Jason. And that he was helping me out and there was some sort of, you know thing going on there and I tried to take a step back because like I love Chriselle I was the one to defend her but I was like you know that would be I think I'd be pretty annoyed if I felt that I was at work and my boss had a crush on someone and I'm there being told like help this person out but not only help them out you're gonna have to split part of your commission with this person that would piss me off the thing is though Nicole kept going on about oh he liked her he liked her only for it to come out that Jason and Nicole dated previously. So she was working at this company as an, I think at the time as an ex-girlfriend of Jason's and she's trying to accuse her boss essentially of using favoritism or because he has a crush on someone. Could that not have helped Nicole out in the past? If her boss seemingly obviously at some point had a crush on her and they dated, could that not have helped her career out at some point? So right there, I was like, that's a whole lot of hypocrisy because not saying that she she clearly is very good at her job, but someone can easily say, oh, that's why you were hired. 
that's why you were brought on or that's why you are so successful because your boss really liked you and wanted to give you good listings. I'm not saying that's true at all. It's probably not true. But like, how are you going to have be a person that dated the boss and then go back and accuse the boss of using favoritism and his feelings to help your coworker? That's the first thing. The second thing is, you know, she tried to say like, Chriselle didn't do any of the work. Chriselle was like, listen, I did showings. I did blah, 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 blah. But yes, you're right. I wasn't instrumental in selling this house. You were. And you're like, okay, you know, that would that would suck to do all the work and you're the one who got the sale and then have to split the commission. Well, doesn't it come out in one of their arguments that Chriselle didn't even get any commission on that house? So the whole time, the only leg that Nicole had to stand on was I was forced to share a commission with someone who didn't do the work and was a lot more junior than I was. And, you know, I had to hold up the steel, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, you know what? That that would suck. Like, that would not be fun to go through. Turns out the girl didn't even get a commission. What the hell are we arguing about here? Like, what are we talking about? What is happening? <laughs> Why is this even an issue? It was so stupid. It was good for drama. And I mean, I have to give Nicole that. It is a reality show. We're watching it for drama. She did create drama. But you're thinking, at what cost? You just, you make you made yourself look like a fool because it's just such a foolish issue you're bringing up. I get it. Work stuff can be serious. Someone, someone stealing your commission, someone doing blah, blah, blah. That, that could be serious. And that could be something you'd hold on to. That didn't even happen though. So like, what are we all doing here? Anyway? So I do think though, Nicole got more than she bargained for. Chriselle has over the seasons become stronger and bolder in her attitude. I felt that she always seemed like a strong person, but she was also a nice person and she wasn't going out of her way to have a bitchy personality for the show. But as the show has progressed and as her issues with Christine and when she had issues with Davina progressed, I think she just became like everyone does. They grow and they become and they react to the situations and and. They react to the life experiences that they've had and they grow. Story of life. And Chriselle just seems to have gotten less and less able to keep her mouth shut about BS that's surrounding her and people talking about her and whatever. She insinuated to Nicole. No, she didn't insinuate. She literally said, you're on drugs or you look like you're on drugs, whatever. And after that, it came out that that Chriselle was basically saying you're acting all sketchy you're acting all like whatever and I've seen you on drugs before that is something Nicole freaked out about I do understand a little bit of her freak out because you're a grown woman someone's accusing you of being a drug addict you have a really stellar career that could do some reputational damage you don't want that out there and I get that I also understand the other side of the coin where where someone's like, if that's not true, just ignore it, laugh it off, be like, you're crazy, whatever. I that's the only that's kind of the only thing I I wasn't a hundred percent supportive of Chriselle on. I'm like calling someone someone out 
for doing drugs or accusing them of doing drugs is a serious allegation. Also, overall, what someone does like that is none of my business. I would never want to weaponize it against someone. But I understand like someone's coming at you. They're accusing you of something that you think is so unfair. You feel like they're manufacturing something. They're lying about you. I understand wanting to be like, okay, I'm going to hit you where it hurts. Like, don't come at me, you know, don't come at me if you can't handle it. And I think that was her attitude and I can't fully blame her. But I have to say, (laughs) spoiler alert, when it came out that Krisha was like, yeah, I have seen her on drugs. I saw her on magic mushrooms or something. I had to laugh. I don't know if it's because I'm Canadian and I don't know. I just felt like. A lot of people did magic mushrooms growing up. You always heard about like friends and teens and whatever. I was just like magic mushrooms. Like girl, I thought we were talking about crack here. I thought we were talking about meth. I thought we were talking about something hardcore. It was like magic mushrooms. Oh my God. Like people's, people's parents do magic mushrooms up at the cottage, you know, like chill out. (laughs) But anyways, so that was just funny to me. Regardless, I understand Chriselle being really annoyed of Nicole for bringing this up. I think Nicole still seems like an interesting person. I would love more, like to know more about her work because it seems like she loves real estate and she's been doing it for a long time. I would just like love her to stop being silly and immature and just focus on your work and your clients and whatever. That would be good. And I would still be interested in seeing Nicole again. So I do hope she's still back next season. It's still a little bit more drums, but Chriselle did post all over her stories, like incriminating evidence, like this is law and order, but of Nicole messaging her all sweetly, like kindly, um, prior to the show starting, just showing that they had a good relationship before and that the drama only came to the surface on the show. And again, I think that's totally legitimate, legitimate. There's a part of me that almost feels bad for Nicole because your private messages are getting out there. However, if you are spinning a narrative that is not correct and people have receipts, you have to know this is going to happen in this day and age. You can't send an email or a message or anything like that, especially when it's not like your BFF or, or something or family member and, and not think that there's a possibility this could get out. So just putting that out there. Okay. Now we come to Brie. I have thoughts. I Brie really grew on me. I think Brie comes across as I'm a tough woman. I don't, you know, I don't take any shit. I don't want your drama, blah, blah, blah. She comes across as a little bit tough. And she talks about her life and you see why and good for her. Like every woman, every person's different. So, but she has that kind of personality. And I think she comes across as like, I'm not a girl's girl, which I don't like, but I really like Brie. And I think she has that attitude because of maybe things that she's been through, but she is a girl's girl and she does seem to get along with a lot of the girls and they do end up being friends and even outside of the filming of the show. So it's more of like, you are a girl's girl. You Every girl's a girl's girl. You don't have to be exactly like every other woman but women need women in their lives and we're all better because everyone is different and unique and that's like my PSA today so I do like Brie and 
she's very young and she's beautiful and she's successful and blah 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 her relationship with Nick Cannon is none of my business it's none of anybody's business however you're going on a reality show you know this is going to come up and she knew that obviously she's a big woman and it did come up okay the person that took most offense with her relationship and her situationship was Chelsea. Let me back up just two seconds, just in case you don't know. Nick Cannon, oh, as I said at the beginning, has become infamous because he started, he was married to Mariah Carey. They had twins. They broke up. He had another child or whatever, and then just kept having kids with several different women. So the man has like 10 or 11 children right now with several different women I personally am disgusted by Nick Cannon's behavior his personal life his family nothing to do with me none of my business but the way that it is talked about in the media and joked about and played off and he himself jokes about it and all of those things Again, like it's his life, he can joke about it, whatever. I'm not going to gatekeep his life in that way. But it's more of the media response to it that disgusts me. Because let me tell you right now, if there were one woman in Hollywood having a child with a different man every single year, it wouldn't be a laughing matter, okay? People online, men and women, but especially men, the most vile, disgusting words would be said about this woman. She would be talked about in the lowest of low ways. People wouldn't just be laughing it off, even though there are people that might be like, oh my gosh, she's having another kid. Oh, you know, and just kind of have more of a, I'm not into it, but a more of a tepid response. It wouldn't be like that. We all know that. We all know that. If there was a fame, if there were a famous woman, like Nick Cannon, and she was having a different child every single year with a different man, the response would not be what it is. I'm going to stop right here because I could go off and I have already gone off about this. I just, again, like my feelings for him and how he lives his life I'll keep that to myself because at the end of the day that is his business and not mine and I wouldn't love someone commenting on my life in that way but it's more of the parts of it that are happily made public and the response to that let's just say it this way if Brie were having uh, a child with a different man every year she would not have still have the mostly positive and good reputation that Nick Cannon currently enjoys. Okay, done with that part of the spiel. Anyways, so obviously Brie has had a child with this man and she refers to him as her man. And it sounds like she at least describes a relationship as being a relationship and being, you know, an open relationship. They get to do what they want and and clearly, you know, have something going on together. Cool. People have all kinds of relationship rules and and setups and whatever. And okay, good for them if 
that makes them happy and all of that. Chelsea, who has been on Selling Sunset since last season, Chelsea is happily married with, I believe, two children, if I'm not mistaken. Chelsea couldn't help herself. I like Chelsea. Chelsea actually grew on me more this season, but she could not hold her tongue when it came to Brie. And she was never like going, I, I didn't really hear her say something like negative directly to Chelsea or in terms of Chelsea as a person, but it was more like, I don't, she kept in her British accent, I don't understand. I, I don't understand. Like she does not understand the relationship. And it's like, girl, that doesn't matter. You don't need to understand it. Like I get it. Some of the things Chelsea was saying, I'm like, I, I relate to what you're saying. I understand. I don't get it. However, you are this girl's this woman's co-worker it is not up to you to understand imagine going to work and meeting your co-workers and describing say some part of your life or your family life or your relationship and that person one of your co-workers is bringing up your personal life your family to other co-workers in private she's bringing it up to your face talking to you like based on the toughness that brie presented herself with I was scared for Chelsea's safety at some time. I was like, girl, this is going to turn into a fight. And not because I think like Brie's some violent person or anything. It's because people get violent when you are talking about their kids. I understand that. I don't even have kids. Someone talks about my, my nephews and niece in that way. Like, I'm about to fight, you know? And I'm not even a fighter. I would fold. I would fall to the ground. <laughs> but that is... Those, those kind of things get people angry. And again, it wasn't like Chelsea was saying something like bad about her kid or whatever. She was just more like, I don't understand the situation. Why kind of, why would you purposely create the situation where, or be with a man that you know cannot see your child every single day? Or like, she, I don't know if she said it those exact words, but it was kind of the insinuation of why would you purposely create a broken home you know quote unquote broken home and Chelsea talked about to with Emma um what happened to her like I think she was her mother was a Nigerian immigrant to England that's where Chelsea was growing up and then her mother had to leave the family with I think one of her siblings and move to America and Chelsea was missing her mother for many years of her like pivotal years of her upbringing and that obviously had a deep impact on her life every single person goes through things that have deep impact on impacts on their life I'm sure Brie lives her life in ways because of her upbringing she talks about it Chelsea lives her own life in way certain ways because of her upbringing Every single person on the planet does that. It does not give you the right to imprint your values or what you think is best. Like Chelsea, you have your own kids. Raise your kids in the way that you want to raise your kids. Stop trying to force it on other people. Like, this is a super side note. I won't even get into details because I know there's lots of people wiling out on the internet right now but it's the same way with like certain um 
you know, hot button issues right now about people criticizing how people raise their kids or where or what type of shows they bring their kids to and let them see blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, you can disagree so much with how someone raises their kids or with their choices in life. But if you believe people have the freedom to do so, they have the freedom to do so. Just like you have the freedom to raise your kids. Like as long as there's obviously no abuse happening, you're allowed to raise your kids however you want. You're allowed to make choices for them. Chelsea's on like, oh, you know, I don't like this because Nick Cannon has so many children. It's legal for women to go out there and have children on their own and not just legal for them to choose. Do you know how many women don't want to have children on their own and some man just disappears on them or, you know, goes back on all the promises that that he made her? I just almost feel like sometimes in these situations, the woman is getting, you know, more heat for things that, like, if you view it as a problem, the problem's coming from the man. And I get it, like, you're, you're, she's looking at her as a grown woman. Like, you're making this choice to live your life. Yes, Chelsea, she's making her choice to live that way. It's her choice. You don't have to like it. I don't have to like it. None of us have to understand it. She doesn't owe it to you to convince you. She doesn't owe it to you to explain it. She's your co-worker. Like I know we get so used to these people being together all the time and the show centered on them, but it's almost as if they forget that's your co-worker. Like do not overstep the line. This is not your best friend. This is not your sister, your cousin, whoever. Like this is a woman that you've known for two and a half minutes and you're trying to have deep conversations with her on why she's made the certain choices she's made in life. Like, come on. I know myself. And if someone spoke to me that way that I just met at work, I would have to dig my nail into my leg to make myself remember, like, do not do anything, get yourself fired right now, because that would set me off. That would truly set me off. So anyways, even though this podcast is delayed, clearly the season of Selling Sunset was so good because I'm still so passionate about what happened in it um it was also nice to see Chriselle and Jason hanging out again as friends because obviously it was rough there for a while after their breakup um which was kind of sad but yeah it was nice to see them being all friendly and and all that together um this season of Selling Sunset as I said was really good everyone should watch it even though I know I just spoiled a bunch of it but it I I love Selling Sunset so I keep watching the seasons over because I'm a rewatch queen. So stream Selling Sunset today on Netflix. Thank you so much for listening today. If you want to reach me, you can email me at I thought I'd be rich by now at gmail.com or you can visit us on Instagram at I thought I'd be rich by now. Please feel free to reach out anytime if you have any recommendations of podcasts, books, movies, shows, etc., etc., etc. Come back and listen soon. Goodbye.